This podcast is brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. Voluntary principle states that all human relations should happen by mutual consent or not at all. This podcast aims to promote respect for the voluntary principle in all walks of life and for all age groups. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Everything Voluntary. Be sure to check out and subscribe to the Voluntarist Voices podcast brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. Voluntarist Voices is a podcast featuring lectures, interviews, and audio essays by intellectual giants past and present. Uh, before we start the episode, I want to invite you to join me as a featured guest. I'd love to chat and get to know you and give you this platform to bounce your ideas around. To schedule, go to the main website at EverythingVoluntary.com. On the right-hand side, there's a link to schedule with me immediately. Click that link, select a day and time, answer the questions, and submit. That's all it takes. Thank you so much. Hello, welcome to the podcast. It's November 13th. Today is my baby's birthday. She's turning six. Her name is Marion. She was born six years ago today. That's going to be it this year for birthdays. (laughs) What do we have left? We have Thanksgiving, which they're already trying to cancel for coronavirus concerns, and then we'll have Christmas, which I'm sure will be no different. Uh, Coronavirus is seasonal, as all respiratory diseases are, and a lot of people expected cases to skyrocket as the weather turns, which is exactly what has happened. The people that did not expect it, apparently, were people who had the decision-making power to increase hospital capacity and get ready and be prepared for an increase in hospitalizations. Because it doesn't seem like they did that anywhere in the world. And I, I think this is what happens when science gets politicized, right? It becomes dogma. And if it happens that the wrong thing becomes dogma, it turns out to be a major mistake later on. Had people just been free to listen to their doctors, listen to scientists, make their own decisions about what they wanted to do, then maybe we'd be better prepared for this. But maybe not. Maybe there was nothing we could have done without totally destroying the world, right? Maybe there was just nothing that could have been done. This virus was just going to take its course and it was going to infect everybody before there was any viable vaccine. And those who we're going to die, we're going to die. I did, I did read something interesting. As of this point in the U.S., all cause mortality is at 112% of what was expected. That's it, 12%. 12% higher than what was expected for all cause U.S. deaths by this point, by November 2020. It's only 12% higher. Okay, that means out of 100 expected deaths, extrapolated, we have 112, right? So what's what's the other 100? Well, people die from a lot of things. Diseases, accidents, natural deaths, murders, you know, so on and so forth. And this big, you know, 
pandemic epidemic only raised that 12 people, which means with all the lockdowns and all the shut-ins and all the remote works working and blah, 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 other deaths were down and they were just simply replaced with COVID deaths. Now, there is a pretty strong theory that last season had fewer influenza deaths, which left over vulnerable people for the next season, which is where a lot of deaths came from. That's called the dry tinder theory. And if you look at the data from past seasons on respiratory disease deaths, influenza deaths, and influenza deaths, which is not a respiratory disease, you see that. You see 2015, 16, 17, they're all at this high level, 2018, and then 2019, it's like lower. And you see this all over the countries in Europe and the U.S. And then you get 2020 and you get this big spike of COVID. So there's all this dry tinder, all these vulnerable people that barely made it through the previous season. They get it as they would and they die. And this hits close to home for me. My maternal grandmother, my last grandparent, last remaining grandparent, was diagnosed as positive for coronavirus about a week and a half ago in a nursing home in a place that has been on lockdown and, and two other people as well. Right. So this, this kind of reminds me of the, the idea that they can't even keep drugs out of prisons. Well, they can't even keep coronavirus out of nursing homes that are on lockdown. Right. So it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? She tests positive. She's mostly asymptomatic. They move the three of them to some coronavirus wing at some clinic outside of the nursing home. The next, the next couple of days, I guess she de- develops a, cl- uh, a cough and her oxygen levels start to drop. Now, my grandmother has been looking for a way out for almost a decade. She's 86 since before her 80th birthday. We'd visited her every month and she would tell us she's ready to go. She just wants to go. She's done. So for the last six, seven, eight years, she pretty much just sat in front of a TV, just just waiting, suffering. So she tests positive. They move her. She develops some mild symptoms. Her oxygen level drops. They put her on the oxygen, and the oxygen, it's not helping. And she has a DNR, a do not resuscitate order. So they take her off the oxygen. She falls asleep. She's sleeping, her oxygen. And so over the next few days, she's just sleeping. My parents and, and my mom and her siblings go and visit, do a visit with her. They each get some time with her, pretty much to say goodbye. And then uh, as of a couple of days ago, five, uh, two days ago, 5.30 in the morning, my mom calls me and says she's passed in her sleep peacefully. And, you know, it brings tears to my eyes when I, th- I think about her and I think about the memories and the moments. But those are, I don't know what those are. Those are... Just They're just tears. They're emotional tears. But I am happy for her. I am happy that she's finally out of here. Okay, whatever that means, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that she's no longer suffering. And now she gets to become a coronavirus statistic. Yay! But she's 86, right? And she wasn't otherwise sick or infirm. She's just, you know, some dementia. I don't know if that has any effect on it. Maybe. But she was ready and she's been ready for a long time. So she in my opinion, she gave up and she allowed this to take her. And I'm happy for that. And as 86, you know, she's pushing up life life expectancy, right? Which is what, 75, 76 for women? She beat that by 10 years. Anyway, let's look at some news items. Yeah, these episodes are tough. I want to keep doing them, but it's just you're scrolling through, you're trying to find something interesting 
that's not just what everybody's talking about. Everybody's talking about either the election or Trump's challenge to the election or other world leaders congratulating Biden. So some election related, right? Shoot me in the head or coronavirus stuff everywhere. Cases skyrocketing. Governor issuing new this, new that. It's not going to work. They're talking about this new Pfizer and some German companies uh, developed vaccine that's 90% effective. Really? Vaccines typically take seven to eight years, four to five years when they're rushed. And this one's available in a year. I don't know about you, but I have no plans on taking this vaccine or giving it to my children or uh, supporting my wife if she wants to take it. And I have no idea. Probably, she probably won't. But it seems like, it seems to me like it would be incredibly foolish to take this. It's way too early. And I don't care if the FDA approves it. That's that's not my standard. Okay, I only take vaccines and give vaccines to my kids after they've had decades. Decades. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I vaccinated all my kids. I was vaccinated. We're all fine. Are are there are there instances where vaccines have really fucked somebody up? Probably. Probably. And those people should get paid when that happens. And I understand that they have. And that's great. Um do I do I foresee them uh making this vaccine compulsory, not in this country. They might try, they might get really close. But if Amer- if Americans stand for anything, <laughs> it, you know, it's no way Jose <laughs> on something like that. But, you know, I've been disappointed by four, before by fellow Americans, so we'll see. Okay, so I've got a couple of things here. This first one is about Baby Yoda. So if you're not caught up on The Mandalorian, which is a Disney Plus series in the Star Wars universe, which, by the way, is a fantastic series, me and my son are, are absolutely loving it. It's really well made. It's, it's resurrecting Star Wars for me. After the last trilogy was an utter disappointment. And I think that's true for a lot of people. So uh, this is going to be a spoiler of the second episode in the second season called The Passenger. And this is a Vanity Fair article (laughs) titled, Baby Yoda Cancelled Amid Accusations of Genocide. So the episode has the Mandalorian um, trying to to find other Mandalorians, which is his mission this season. He's trying to find other Mandalorians in hopes of ultimately finding where this Baby Yoda character comes from and getting him back to his people. So he's able to get some intel on where a Mandalorian is, or maybe... But in order to get that intel, he has to promise to take this passenger with him who's going to that same place. Now, this passenger is some gecko or chameleon or frog. Um, She's called Frog Lady, but she looks more like the Geico gecko. And she's human size. So she's kind of this weird reptilian species. And she's got like this um, backpack case full of what look like apricots in water, but it's, it's her eggs. And... She's got to get to this place. She's the last of her species, her and her husband, who's already there, has prepared a place for them to put these eggs to grow them. And apparently they're the last of their kind. So there are a few moments in the episode where Baby Yoda finds himself alone with this canister and he gets it open and he reaches in and he grabs one of these delicious peach looking eggs and he sucks it in his mouth and eats it. In total, there's probably 20 eggs in there and he's, I think by the end of the episode, he's eaten maybe three or four. So there are people on Twitter who are all upset about, you know, why these, why anybody thought this was a good idea to have Yoda eat the eggs of of uh, an uh, of an endangered species, and if he eats them all, then they'll be extinct, 
right? And it, it, it is funny. You see, and you're like, oh my gosh, baby Yoda. And the Mandalorian catches him a couple of times and says, don't do that, you know? Um, but he still sneaks and gets away with it a couple more times. And he never says anything to the lady. <laughs> he catches him a couple of times and stops it, but he never says anything to the lady because he doesn't want to freak her out. And I don't know if she's got a count and, you know, if she knows about it, but, and they all almost die anyway, right? With, uh, some stuff that happens. I won't give that away, but anyway, so now people are blowing, people have lost their minds on Twitter about how, <laughs> how they're upset about this. Here's somebody, you know, I was defending the story choice the other day because I thought it was intentionally very disturbing, not comic relief and would hopefully have some meaning going forward. But now I'm just incredibly disgusted. I'm so sorry. I gave you all the benefit of the doubt. Um, one guy says, for the record, chapter 10, uh, which is episode two of The Mandalorian, makes it clear that the frog lady's eggs are unfertilized like the chicken eggs many of us enjoy. But obviously chickens aren't sentient beings and the child eating the eggs is intentionally disturbing for comedic effect. So there's backlash and then counter backlash and it's just kind of become a, a bit of a controversy according to this article. I don't know. I, I don't follow Twitter, but <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. And... At one point in the show, the frog lady says, we fought too hard and suffered too much to resign ourselves to the extinction of our family line. But please use these eggs as the butt of your misogynistic joke. <laughs> um, it, it's not, it's like, come on. It's a story. Obviously, you can make a story, do whatever you want. But let's just imagine this is real. You're telling me that a baby Yoda character who eats frogs and everything else he can get his hands on is not going to do what he did, finding himself alone with this canister? Okay, it's realistic. Okay, and I'm sorry that reality offends you, but it is what it is. This is exactly what would happen if those eggs are delicious to Baby Yoda and he finds himself alone. He's going to eat them. He's a baby. And it's supposed to be disturbing. It's supposed to be like, oh my gosh. And at first it was like, oh my gosh, he's eating them. And then he does it again and he's so cute and he's doing it. And it's like this weird juxtaposition of cuteness and murder. And you can't help but just laugh at it. Right now, obviously, this person isn't real. The eggs aren't real. It's all made up. So nobody's getting murdered. But if we if we suspend disbelief and we enter the the universe, we enter the world. What what he did was really bad, but it's also what he would do. And when you think, oh my gosh, that's really bad, that's a good thing that you think that. Right? That's your reaction. That's a good thing to have that reaction. And it is. It's it's disturbing. And the fact that you're disturbed is a good thing. You're supposed to be disturbed. Right. And what's the lesson here? The lesson is keep your kids away from other people's stuff so they don't take it and eat it. <laughs> learn from you. Learn from the Mandalorians fail. All right. Let's go on to the next one. Uh, governor Ron DeSantis has a new proposal, uh, uh, Florida governor, that could allow citizens to shoot and run over suspected rioters. <laughs> It says, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis is proposing controversial legislation that would expand Florida's stand-your-ground law. Among the changes would be in addition of justifications for people using force against one another over criminal acts during protests like looting. It would also make blocking traffic during a protest a third-degree felony. Drivers who say they accidentally killed or injured protesters who blocked traffic would get immunity. Critics say it could provoke vigilantism and provide justification for killing people over property crimes. The governor's draft proposal would also enhance criminal pe penalties for people involved in assemblies which become violent or disorderly. So they want to expand Stand Your Ground to give cover to people who are defending their businesses and their property during riots and looting with deadly force. I think I'm okay with that. Okay. I mean, people just standing outside their businesses with rifles, 
goes a really long way to keeping people away. And now if those people know that if if they get shot, that nothing's going to happen to those people who shot them, that's going to go even further. Okay, what are the chances of this actually being an issue? Right? What are the chances of it actually coming to uh, the fore? Probably pretty low, right? Because people know that people are going to know and they're going to have the expectation that they can protect their property, which they have every liberty, every right to do, in my opinion. Yes, with deadly force. When somebody, when somebody is choosing to risk their own life to loot your store, then you are simply acquiescing their choice. They're risking their life. So are you. It's tit for tat. It's proportionate. It's estoppel. They're risking their life for your stuff. You're risking their life for your, for your stuff. It's the same thing. And as long as everybody knows about it, then everybody will suffer the consequences if they choose to act like an idiot. And I'm okay with that. What about the second thing? What about blocking traffic? Right, you have these these cases where people are standing in the road and cars are trying to get through, and some car gets upset and guns the gas and runs somebody over. That happened in Charlottesville, right? And I think it's happened in the more recent slate of riots. It's happened. I don't know the details. I'm just I've, I've heard a couple of times. I'd have to look it up, right? But they like to block the roads. They like to get in. They like to block freeways. Stand on the middle of freeways. Cars are coming. They don't get out of the way. They get hit. Maybe you shouldn't be standing in the middle of a freeway. Maybe freeways are for cars going really fast. So, I don't know. It seems like if you're going to stand in a freeway, that's an assumption of risk, right? You're assuming for yourself, on yourself, the risk of getting hit by a car. So, maybe that maybe that's that's just what happens. Maybe when people would people understand that I can get run over in the street, right? A lesson they should have learned when they were 3 years old and they just learned to walk. Maybe they won't stand in the street. Maybe if they know that somebody can hit me and not have any consequences, any legal repercussions for that, I mean, maybe they can get sued, maybe it's a tort, then that's going to better inform my decision on whether or not I'm going to assume the risk of standing in the road. So maybe I'm okay with this too. Maybe I'm okay with this too. We'll see what happens. We'll see how how real ass Floridians are (laughs) if they allow this to go. It's just a proposal at this point. So, all right, next item. This is from Business Insider. A global black market for negative COVID-19 test results has emerged and fakes are starting around 200 bucks. <laughs> this is this is human ingenuity at its finest, right? Every time there's a every time there's a crackdown, right? Every time government gets involved in anything and they start and it's not just well, I mean it is mostly. I mean there's there's obviously businesses that are making these decisions for themselves, but a lot of them are doing it at the behest of of governments right, to interfere um, with, with this sort of stuff. But you're going to have black markets emerge, right? When, when negative tests become valuable, sooner or later, you'll have markets for negative tests. <laughs> Fake, fraudulent, seemingly certified negative tests that you can take in and say, look, I'm clear, right? I was tested positive, and these PCR tests can test positive for any number of things that aren't actually, um, that you're, you're, you're not actually sick for. But now you're prevented from doing something like traveling or who knows what. And so you want to get a negative test. <laughs> Entrepreneurship at its finest, truly. So it talks about France. It talks about the UK. And I think I saw a story from the US. Oh, Brazil. So it's happening everywhere. 
And I, I think that's, I think that's great. I really do. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Okay. Let's end with this. This isn't really news. This is an offer that I, that I discovered that I wanted to forward along because it's a pretty cool offer. Now, I don't know if you're a YouTube premium subscriber, but me and my family are. It costs like 15 bucks a month. You get access to YouTube ad free. Okay, other than the people who do their own ads while they're making the video, all the YouTube-based ads are gone. I haven't seen one in years. And you also get YouTube music. It used to be Google Play Music, the full thing. So it satisfies my music wants as well as my YouTube wants. And you get it for your family, so up to five email accounts. This new thing, and I'll link to this, is if you are a YouTube premium subscriber and anybody could go sign up for a day just to get this, you can get this, the Google Stadia Premier Edition bundle, which is the Google Stadia controller, video game controller, and a Chromecast Ultra, right? This is a $100 value. You can get it for free with this link. I'll link to this um, androidpolice.com article, and I'll also, link, I'll also put a direct link that you've got to use. Once you're a YouTube Premium subscriber, click this link. It'll take you to a Stadia sign-up. You've got to you've got to sign up for Stadia Pro for their three month free trial, and it's like ten bucks a month after that. And you can just cancel it. Sign up for that, and then about an hour later, you'll get an email with another link that'll take you to the Google Checkout store, and it'll put on a coupon code that takes that ninety nine dollars down to zero. And everybody on your Google or your YouTube Premium family, those five people can all take advantage of this. I've got two of my email addresses on there because I have a family email address that my six-year-old uses, and I've got mine. And then my son has one, and my wife, and then my daughter. So I went in and clicked this link with both of those emails that I use, and I ordered twice. So I've got two of them on the way, absolutely free, $100 value. My son's got one on the way, and I could get my daughter could get one, and my wife could get one. So this was an interesting value. So I'm going to link to this and I'm like, wow, I'll link to this. And then if anybody wants this, you could even get it and then you could go sell it, you know, for 50 bucks, 75 bucks or something. I'm sure somebody will buy it. So if you don't know, Google Stadia is Google's new um, video game platform. It's cloud-based. Either with your keyboard on your computer or with this controller, you can play through your laptop, through your Android phone, through a Chromecast on your TV. You can play, you know their library of games. And I think with the Stadia Pro, you can claim games. They're some of their free games. You can claim like one a month or something. So I claimed one yesterday and I was just playing around with this kind of this weird game. But I was just playing right through my browser with my my mouse and keyboard. So it's kind of interesting. It hasn't really made the splash Google hoped to, so which is probably why they're they're doing this deal, trying to give these away to get more people using the service. But the Chromecast Ultra has value in and of itself, I think. So all right. Well, that's going to do it. Um, I'll link to this stuff um, as I do. So if you have any interest, if you're able to take advantage of that, then then go do that. It's a it's a free Chrome, Chrome Chromecast Ultra and a free Stadia controller. So it's pretty cool. All right. That's going to do it. Please remember, don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. Don't ask permission. Thank you so much for listening and have a better day. Please send your comments and questions to everythingvoluntary at gmail.com. Please consider supporting this podcast and everythingvoluntary.com by setting up an automatic monthly donation at patreon.com forward slash EBC 
One-time donations are also accepted at paypal.me forward slash everything voluntary. Will you do us a big favor? Will you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening from? That really helps. And one more thing, please share the podcast with your friends. We really appreciate it.